love friends beyond binaries, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my patron peeps. What up, my patron peeps? It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast you make possible, that your rebellious act of supporting something you get a lot out of. Because you understand, you know, it's not free is a, like a whatever word, you know, you say, yeah, well, it's free because of me. I'm keeping it free uh, by paying for something that's free. I don't know if there's irony in there, but I appreciate it. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. What we do is a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts you know, you're thinking about from the past, the present, or the future, uh, feelings, anything emotionally coming up for you. Physical sensations, changes in schedule or time, schedule, changes in schedule or time or temperature, routine. Somebody, you know, it could be, could have uh, whatever's going on. Whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that and help you fall asleep. And what I gonna, what I plan to do or attempt to do, is create a safe place. I'm gonna smooth it. I'm gonna pat it. I'm gonna rub it down. I'm going to say safe place. I'm going to try to send my voice across the deep, dark night here. Use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. Then I'm going to go back. I'm going to say, wait a second. What is I like all to take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep? Now, if you're a regular listener, I'm so glad you're here again. I'm, I'm so happy to keep you company, be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie. If you if you surf those tasty waves, uh, don't taste the waves, by the way. I learned that the hard way. But if you surf those tasty waves, I could be your boar bra. Because he said, well, I take, you know, I taste the wave and not when I was just, just, I wasn't surfing the tasty wave. The wave kind of came up and said, hey, let me give you a kiss. Uh, And I said, well, actually, I like the way, here's the thing. Well, waves, I like how you taste, but it probably not the best idea to be tasting you on a regular basis. If you're new, I'm glad you're here. Let me give you some information because this podcast is very different than the first time, the second time, even the third time you listen to it. It could really throw you off um, uh, because it's so different. So a couple of things to know. One, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. Uh, you just kind of barely observe it. Kind of like wa- waves coming in. Like sometimes you're at the beach or you're watching a wave-based video. Wave-based video. Wave WBV. Or, you know, wave-centric video. Or just a video of waves, VO, VOW, man. Or a video with waves. Whatever waves, like however you consume your waves, most of the time it's a passive or somewhat passive consumption. I mean, there's people out there, if you're swimming or in, in the waves, that's different. Or if you're in some sort of profession, science-based or ecology-based or bio-based, 
I guess that's science. Those are sciences, but, uh, or, you know, you could work on the shoreline or your boat. Yeah, of course, everybody working in the sea, you may be observing this, the waves in a different way. You know, if you listen, if you just happen to be a sentient breakwater, you say scoots, you know, like, uh, yeah, my, my relationship with waves is much different. I say, well, it's, by the way, it's great to have a sentient breakwater listening to the show. I think I've achieved my life's purpose. Keeping you, I mean, you're breaking the water. It doesn't get tougher than that. Uh, but, oh, so just kind of, just like if you're watching the waves, sometimes you're watching them pretty closely, but a lot of times you're just chilling. You know what I'm saying? This podcast is like that. You say, well, I'm kind of bare, I'm kind of paying attention to what Scoots is saying, but I'm also not really paying attention. So that's one thing. This is also a podcast that doesn't really put you to sleep. It keeps you company while you fall asleep. And what I mean by that is that uh, I'm here to take your mind off of stuff and barely keep you engaged while you fall asleep. That's why the shows are over an hour, to give you plenty of time to drift off. But if you can't sleep or you you wake up in the middle of the night or whatever it is, I'm going to be here to the very end. So if you have some sort of, uh, you know, reason you can't fall asleep, I'll be here to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep. And you don't need to listen. You just could listen if you need to, right? It's a kind of a reverse. I don't need to listen. But if you need to, I'll be here. So those are two new things for new listeners, regular listeners. Hello again, all the fishes out there. Sentient, how about a shout out to sentient breakwaters? And if there's any sentient docks or uh, pylons, uh, other things in the water, light, I'd love to hear from you. Sentient lighthouses, send me a message. Unless you're a sentient lighthouse from a Jeff Vandermeer novel, then don't don't reach out to me, please. Like, definitely don't. Uh, uh, or buoys, so holy cow, but I love to hear from some buoys. Because then I could say, then I could do a, like some, uh, I guess that could be a segment if I had a sentient wa- podcast. This is a podcast for sentient objects in the sea. You know, what would we call that? It wouldn't be Seacast. Uh, script notes, a podcast about screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. Uh, Buoycast would be the podcast about being a buoy and things interesting to buoys or buoy workers. But then I could say buoy, buoy, oh, buoy. How many ways could I say I love thee? Even though that doesn't exactly go with the song. I'd say, oh, buoy, buoy. I love saying that. Uh, uh, is any, is any, like, has there ever been a, car- a cartoon about a uh, Someone who lives in a buoy under the sea. You, I mean, you'd say, "Well, I was. A, I'm not a buoy anymore. I'm a. I'm a, a artificial reef now." Okay, so the, sorry, new new listeners. This is where I go. New new listeners or nude listeners. Either way, I say like I have a tendency to go off topic. Uh, oh, so it's trying to tell you. So sh- other things that can throw you off. So it's a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. Give us the good news. Oh, the structure's also very different. Show starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So hopefully buoys and and sentient sea beings, uh, inanimate objects that have become animate in my mind, uh, like I I just kind of do like, so you feel seen and welcome. 
then there's support for listeners. Then there's support for the show through Patreon and our sponsors. Then there's the intro. So around eight minutes into the show, the intro starts. And the intro goes around 10, 12, 15, 20 minutes. It just depends on how long it takes me to introduce the concept of the podcast. But it's basically a show within a show. And sometimes this is not about you, new listener, but some new listeners give up on it too early or they fast forward through it because it is so different. So I'd say kind of ride it out, like just like a buoy rides out, you know, whether it's calm or uh, like or try to. Because what you might discover is that only 3% of regular listeners skip the intro. And then a few thousand regular listeners that support the show on Patreon, they listen in different ways, like all-night playlists or story-only playlists or all-intro playlists. But the rest of listeners are happy to just kind of listen as it unfolds. And because, it, because it, one, they, can get to, they get to listen for free and whenever they want. But two, because the structure of the show eases you into bedtime instead of just putting you to sleep right away. Uh, like, uh, like, just like a lighthouse, ideally you see it far out, you say, okay, that's a lighthouse. Uh, so I know that's coming up eventually. This, that's what this podcast does is uh, the intro goes on and on and on. So most regular listeners, though, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Like they might be in bed, getting comfortable, doing something relaxing, or they might be getting ready for bed, or they might just be in their room or another room doing something to unwind and, you know, just playing it on their phone speaker or their smart speaker or the headphones or whatever. And that just gives you some distance between the daytime and, and when you're going to sleep. Because for me, there's never been an instant sleep solution. And what I found from feedback is that most people, yeah, it takes like 15, 20 minutes for us to get wound down and ready, you know, the last part of getting ready for bed to drift off. Or you could just be cozy in bed listening for 15 or 20 minutes. Hopefully, that's a lot less than whatever you were dealing with before this show. Like for me, it'd say, wow, if I, if I could just lie in bed and listen to something nice for 15 minutes to 30 minutes, that's way better than what it was like before. So that's the intro. Then there's business between the intro and the story. That's just how we keep it free and podcast structure works. And then there's our story. Tonight will be a, a look at a, a Star Trek a TNG, the next generation episode. But you don't need to have listened or seen Star Trek uh, to uh, be familiar. I'll tell you it in a nice bedtime story way. So that's, uh, what else do you need to know? Um, structure of the show. Oh, the reason I make the show. The reason I make the show is twofold. One is I've been there. Tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. And I know how it feels. It's not pleasant. So if I can help you like with something I know how it feels that, that doesn't feel good, that's nice. But what's even nicer is the fact that you deserve a good night's sleep. And if I can help with that, that would be my honor, right? Like, uh, because our world would be a better place. If you're rested tomorrow... Your life is better, like even if it's incrementally better, or then if you get start to get rest on a regular basis, the rest you need and deserve. Maybe you could be out there flourishing, but even a little bit rested, the, our world's going to be a better place to live in because I want you to get the rest you need. 
whether it's through, through this show or you find out Sleep With Me doesn't work for you, you could check out our sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But, I mean, that's my main message. I mean, I'm really glad you're here. Give the show a few tries. That's what hundreds of thousands of people have said. It takes two or three tries to get used to. So give it a few tries. I really hope it can help. I really appreciate you coming by and checking out the podcast. And I really hope I yearn and I strive. I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple ways I'm able to be here for you free on a regular basis. Thanks. All right, everybody, Scooter here. We're talking about Best of Both Worlds, the Season 3 exciting end episode. Best of Both, the Best of Both Worlds, Part 1. Wasn't there like an album, uh, Best of Both Worlds or something? Was that a Van Halen album, like a Sammy Hagar Van Halen album? I could kind of see a golden globe with VH on it. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, they start off Captain's Log 43, 989.1, Jore 4, Alouette, Jore Alouette, Jore 4, I'll, like, I'll be there. There's a call. They send out the away team. I call it the A team because it's, uh, again, we've talked about this and probably many funnier people than me have said, uh, what the heck are you doing spend, sending your best crew down there? Uh, but they send Data, Worf, uh, Jordy, and Riker down, and uh, is safe for transport. O'Brien does a really smooth, like, uh, he would be good at a touch, what are those called, touch pads or touch screens? He uses, like, a, I've never, never been able to figure out those multi-finger touches on my phone or iPad, but O'Brien is good at that. Holy cow. Uh, because he just does this smooth uh, three or four finger slide. Smooth O'Brien. Rocky planet, accurate something. Uh, whoosh town, weak crater, whoosh, uh, fade and open. Let's see what the dialogue says. They're at the edge of a crater. They say they're at the center of town, but then they're at the edge of the crater where the town once was. I don't mean to quibble. I guess I didn't have the, uh, what do you call it on there? Uh, no, I guess I do have the subtitles. Uh, uh, coordinates verified. You're at the center of town. Riker looks back at the crew, pulls out his, uh, you know, remote control, and they go to the edge of the crater. You see some pipes and some metal, and you say, center of town. Where is the town then? It's just a crater. In this case, they didn't pave Paradise and put up a parking lot. They uh, pulled out, you know, I don't know if it was a town called Paradise. There's a there's a story for you. A town called Paradise. So you could name any kind of book that, huh? Yeah, then we get another. Uh, this is a really good episode, not just for the plot, but for the acting and the inter- interpersonal stuff. 43992.6, Admiral Hansen and... Uh, uh, Lieutenant Shelby, is that what it is? Uh, are there uh, Hanson and Shelby, Lieutenant Commander Shelby, Starfleet Tactical, review the disappearance of the New Providence Colony, 900 people, like basically saying, uh, you're not ready. We've known Borg's on their way, put everything into it, but uh, we convinced it's a Borg, and... Uh, 
Yeah, this keeps happening. Uh, uh, Riker agrees with you. Commander Shelby took over Borg tactical analysis a while back, six months ago. She's got wide latitude uh, to get things done. And that's how I intend to operate here. This is from Hanson Nods. Shelby said, I'm trying to figure out a strategy, obviously. Uh, and they say nothing stopped him such far. Her and Riker are going back and forth. Uh, Hanson says, I was hoping for more lead time. Uh, but uh, the Borg uh, would indicate they have a superior power source, uh, clearly. Everybody's got serious looks. Uh, Shelby says, I'd like to go down there. My regular says, it's going to be dark. We could go in the morning. And they say, show commander Shelby to quarters. Uh, Riker says, hey, Admiral, we're playing poker. Tonight. Open seat for you, Admiral. He says, another time. Uh, we got, I got to talk to Picard. Uh, rumor has it, Shelby's uh, played a hand of poker, too. If you want some... Uh, subtext and uh whatever you call it and then just a little like uh at first i had a strong reaction to this uh hansen because he makes a comment about shelby uh but i think like seeing it in the secondary context uh uh well maybe not now but he, he does say she's when she came into tactical uh like, uh, everybody who had this take on the Borg business, which she's really gotten us back on track. Uh, and then they have some Earl Grey out of, a, like, a cone, cone thing. She's going to be a great first officer for you. Uh, and he goes, what do you mean, first officer? I got Riker. They go, what's, Riker's not going to be taking the Melbourne? No. Is it open? Yeah, Riker hasn't taken it. Uh and I say, man, good thing I never got into this military stuff. And they go, why didn't he tell? He didn't tell you he turned it down, turned the job down. Well, one day he'll be JP. He'll be a good captain. You may want to tell him that. Uh, we're still waiting for him to decide. Uh, third time we've tried to get him pulled out the captain share for Riker, and he just won't sit down. Let me tell you something, Jean Luc. Uh, a lot of hot shots like Shelby on the way up. Riker could suddenly look like he's standing still next to them. He's hurting his career, staying put. Uh, kick him in the rear end for his own good. So this is foreshadowing in a different, unexpected way. Uh, then we go back to Shelby's corners to talk about the Borg footprint. Uh, I want to see the magnetic, magnetic renaissance. Uh, like where it was damaged, uh, I got a theory. I've reviewed the personnel of the Senate and LaForge and data to accompany me away. Riker says, I've already done that. Uh, and I'll be with you as well, Commander. Riker's got a little brow furrowing. She says, I appreciate any assistance you can offer. Tell me, is serving the, like, uh, now they have this like kind of breathless Shelby scene. It's interesting that there's this theme, like, oh, it's so great to work in the Enterprise, which seems like it. She goes, is it as good as it is I've heard? Uh, and Riker says, every bit. She goes, good, because I'm going to convince Picard that I'm the right choice for the job. He goes, which job? And she goes, your job. Riker leans back. Uh, she goes, sorry about that. Uh, I heard you were leaving. Riker kind of smiles. He goes, oh, you'd be first to know, obviously, since we just met. 
And then he says, Poker, 1,700 hours, my quarters, decade. Be there. And she kind of looks after him, kind of like, huh. Uh, then let's see. Oh, here's the layout of Poker. Shelby, Riker, going in clockwise order. Shelby, Riker, Troy, Data, Jordy, then a space, and then Wes. And it looks like they're playing a game I don't really play a lot of, like some sort of, um, I don't know what you call it even. Oh, a stud. That's what they're playing. Some sort of like seven card stud. How many cards do they have? Right now they have four. And they get five. I guess they're playing five card stud. I don't know. Or like where you get, we have one whole card. I don't know. I'll watch it play out here. I got to pause now. Wes is a youngster. Oh, yeah, he kind of, like, even Troy compliments him, and he uh, he's really showing his youth. Uh, Riker bluffs. He pushes Wes out. He pushes Wes out. Now, this is one thing I find frustrating. I mean, I didn't do the math because I'm not good at math, but there's this idea of poker with uh, pot odds, you know, where you say, okay, if, I have to, if the pot's like $300, I have to put $10 in then it's almost always worth it. Like, it's, it would be harder to bluff someone out with that kind of pot odds. Like, uh, because you say, well, that's, like, pretty good odds. So, so I kind of feel like the pot was big enough. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention, though. But I said, come on, Wes. Uh, and then Jordy Burns, Jordy Burns kind of Wes. Uh, then she calls, uh, uh, Shelby calls uh, Riker's bluff. It's a bluff. Wes is crushed. Yeah, let's turn through my nose for a little while. Um, let's see. We get a space shot of the two trips. O'Brien is doing some extra prep. Well, I thought it was extra prep work, but then ends up being uh, something else. Riker, steamy, planet, Riker, walk with me. Body language is awkward. Classic data, she aired, uh, Riker v. Shelby. No doubt it is a Borg. 43995 question mark. Overhead Enterprise. Riker and Parker. Picard. Covered all the bases. Let's talk about you via talk. Oh, Picard does this thing. Let's talk about you by talking about Shelby. Picard does a tisk 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 sound, which is gold. He says, Will. He sits down to really get a parental with Will. What the double hockey sticks, Riker taken aback. Uh, also a nodal, nautilus shell, I noticed. Uh, I don't know if I've ever noticed the nautilus. Have you noticed the nautilus? Is it a nautilus I've noticed uh, on Picard's desk or behind it or something? Holy foreshadowing. Then there's this amazing cut. Like, this is one of the best cuts I've ever seen in Star Trek. Uh, uh, especially for revealing, I mean, what you're supposed to do, right? Reveal character. This is really like one of the best scenes, small moments. Uh, this cut is just so amazing. So you have the father son kind of thing going with Riker and then it cuts to Riker and Troy at uh, whatever nine Ford or whatever the club's called. And Riker's totally kind of venting or, or Deanna, like Riker, Deanna, uh, I put, wow, I've never seen such a good cut. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not talking about editing, I'm talking about story cut. 
so she listens, mouth a little bit open. What do you think? Uh, not fear, double question mark. Uh, drive something, influence something, taking risks, uh, lost something. I'll go through the dialogue, don't worry. Seasoned, seasoned, coming to grips with, uh, you know, age. Oh, coming to grips with age. I'm not sure what that is. Then we have Shelby and the squad problem solving. Uh, Blue 10 looks on. Riker looks on. Blue 10, 78% incompatible or inoperable. 18 to 24 months or incomplete. I don't know. My mind clay. Oh, everybody's trying to think of something. Their mind is, Jordy's mind's like clay. Let's call it a night. Riker raises his voice. Uh, this morgue music is slow walk. Uh, dismissed. That's what that says. Uh, Enterprise head on. Conference in the conference room. Dispersed as cube shaped. Uh, described as cube shaped. Cube shaped. It's a cube shaped. It's a giant friggin' square cube, cube shaped. It's actually a cube, cube shaped. Like a, it's not cube shaped. I mean, I guess it is technically, but uh, described as cube shaped. It's a no. It's a friggin' cube. Uh, it's a friggin' cube spaceship. Doesn't like. Uh, obviously, it's not good if if it can fly through space. Uh, make it so. Close out, help 6 days a.m. I don't know what that says, but uh, we'll get to it. Uh, Hanson out. That made me think of, uh, like, uh, some reason, so there was this band Hanson. I think it was in the 90s. Three siblings. Uh, and they had a famous song. But I was, if you're ever looking for fun and you hear that song, change the lyrics from uh, to Tube Top. Uh, that's what I like. If if we if we ever open Tube Town, that's what I like. Tube Top will be my top song there. Uh, Hanson out, Jordy sighs out loud, dismissed. Enterprise raising on the left. String music. Picard pacing. Two ten. Mark one fifty one. Hail them. No response. Move to intercept. Uh, Intercept us, 9.3 on screen, more string music. We have engaged to the Borg. Then there's this Borg theme, I think, chanting music and a Picard close-up. And they cut to a commercial, so let's run through it up here. Uh, let's see, they say, afraid I can't do it. You're a newcomer to the game. This is a poker game. Oh, Wesley says something about a data card. Data buys another card. So I don't know, is this Omaha? There's two, two whole cards. So you get a, oh no, it's a, not a whole card. So five pair of deuces stands. Uh, Riker has a possible flush, straight flush. Wesley has three jacks, which in a five card, in for 10, which is just not a good bet because of the pot odds. But Riker, oh, he raises 100. So that's kind of sensible. So Remy Riker does know what he's doing. Uh, because that's probably, maybe the pot is like 100, so that's good. Uh, Wesley folds, uh, 
And, you know, Jordy says, Wesley, man, you got a lot to learn. Riker's bluffing. Riker's trombone's behind him, too, over his shoulder. Uh, And uh, uh, Shelby's willing to pay to see his card. And he's bluffing. Jordy laughs. uh, And uh, Shelby takes that pot. Wes looks down. Yeah, then we have the exterior shot here. O'Brien work and Riker comes in. He's like, where is everybody? They're late. Uh, Riker and Jordy they say, no, no, they're already on. Um, Tardy says they're already on the planet. What, what, what? Uh, on whose authority? On hers. She outranks me, O'Brien says. Uh, Jordy's carrying a briefcase. He was carrying it last time down, too. So they beam down. And Data and Shelby are already doing soil samples. They say the human footprints everywhere. And they say, yeah, because we were here yesterday. Interesting results. Uh, these humans walked around and uh, stood at the edge. And then Riker says, walk with me, Commander. She takes a deep breath and kind of makes a face. Uh, uh, Data says, what's up with that? Early bird gets a worm. I believe Shelby aired. There's no avifaunal funicular life forms on Jura 4. So pretty good joke. But Jordy's like, yeah, she aired for sure. Messing with Riker. She goes, yeah, weather. She goes, Riker, weather front was moving in. I needed soil readings. Uh, he goes, what about the risk? Uh, she goes, risk? Uh, I'm doing my job. Three hours to investigate the planet. Now only two hours, and you're still yapping, Riker. I don't see your problem. Riker says, I expect to be notified when there's a change in my orders. She goes, noted. Do you wish to hear my report, sir? Go ahead. Yeah, we got it. It's Borg. Uh, that's our footprint. Borg footprint, no doubt about it. And uh, then we could, that's the first uh, br- break there, maybe, I don't know, a second. Then we get an overhead left shot of the Enterprise. Borg's in space. Admiral Hanson went back to Starbase 324. Lieutenant Shelby on board. Good help with tactical prep. Uh, yellow alert. That's what Picard says. Uh, all outposts are ready. Long range sensors monitored. Data, LaForge, and Crusher are going to work with Shelby. Good job, Will. Covered all the bases. What's your impression of Shelby? She knows her stuff. Uh, full confidence? Well, she needs some supervision, though. Too in- takes the initiative too quick uh, with risks. Card tisks. Sounds like somebody I used to know. First officer, maybe. Perhaps. And he says, Will, what up with that? Like, uh, what are you doing here, man? He goes, sir, could be captain of the Melbourne. Yeah, I'm not pursuing that commission. Fine ship, Will. Yeah, not the Enterprise, Captain. With all due respect, you need me now, and I need to be needed, indeed. But Starfleet needs good captains, foreshadowing. Reconsider your decision. Riker's taken aback. You tell me to leave? I say, look at it objectively, son. Well, you're ready to work without a net. Positive foreshadowing. You're ready to take command. And as you know, the Enterprise will go along fine without you. 
And then that's when the cut is. Uh, and he says, what am I doing? I push myself hard, Deanna. Why am I turning these things down? Uh, sacrifice a lot. I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, what's holding me back? Uh, she goes, what do you think, uh, fairy counselor? He says, I don't know. Maybe I'm afraid of the big chair. She goes, nah. Not that. He goes, Captain says uh, Shelby's like I used to be, brash, and uh, he's right, uh, drive, ambition, impatient, risky. What happened to all that with me? I liked that when I was like that. Uh, I've lost something. And she goes, well, you're older, more experienced, seasoned. And that's when he says seasoned. You can't say seasoned. Uh, that means I have gray hair or whatever. She goes, give me a break, dude. He goes, you haven't lost a thing, Will. You've gained more than you realize, more than words, uh, more comfortable. Maybe I'm too comfortable then, he says. Uh, and she, she goes, you're happy here, happier than I've ever known you to be. Takes a drink and she goes, a simple question. Uh, what do you want, Will Riker? And he says, huh, good question. Uh, and they're, this is when they're brainstorming, uh, like, plans for the Borg, Shelby and her crew of uh, Jordy, Data, and Will, decentralized, redundant power sources, uh, yeah, reasonable conclusion. Each member has, can interface and function collectively. Their ships are made the same way. You know, you take one day, you know, one out, another one comes in. Uh, this ship could, oh yeah, seventy-eight percent inoperable. It could still operate. Uh, and Jordy uh, says, I don't think these new weapons can even be ready in eighteen months. And she says, twenty-four months. Uh, and they say anything, Jordy. He says, I don't know. I got to look through these specs, but my mind's clay right now. Well, says mine too. It's past my bedtime. Shelby's like, hey, come on. And then that's when Riker says, call it a night. Uh, that's an order. We need to rest. Uh, she says, well, I could work with Data. He doesn't require rest. He goes, you require rest. Uh, they say, well, what about the Borg? And he goes, I don't want a crew fighting the Borg that are fatigued, uh, dismissed. Uh, and they have a showdown. She does a slow walk off, uh, and everybody's making faces. Uh, and we see a head on Enterprise. Uh, then we have a meeting, a phone call with Hanson, Sentinel Miner 4, Freight Run, 22 hours and 12 minutes. Uh, Starbase 157 was sent out a th- signal. Uh, then the Lalo something said cube-shaped object uh, and distress signal ended and hasn't been heard from since. Uh, cube-shaped, they say, Data, how far is that? Uh, warp 9, it's 1 hour, 17 minutes, make it so. And they say, we got every starship coming, but it's six days out, so good luck with everything. Picard says, we'll keep them occupied till you arrive. I know you will. Hanson outs, uh, battle stations, what's the status of our preparations? LaForge's got an idea of a shield modulation, modulation, EM base emitting frequencies, subspace fields, uh, 
It's worth a shot. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's the best we could do. And he says, all right, dismissed, everybody. Card sits alone, thinking, and uh, get a decent long shot. And the Enterprise is flying. Cards on the uh, bridge, pacing, arms are stiff. Uh, and that's when the console beast uh, goes identifying unidentified uh, object, sensor range 210 151, hail them, no response, uh, intercept them. I, sir, it's already changed course to intercept us. It's already been broadened at 9.3. Enter visual range on screen, and we see a space cube. What could only be described as a space cube, a Borg, uh, magnified. Card says, uh, dispatch a message to uh, you know, Hansen. Uh, we've engaged the Borg. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, then we have kind of a face-off, a hailed... Uh, and we get a call in. Is this the same ship? Uh, these are all good questions. All Borg speak as one. Picard raises his voice. They say, Captain, you're being hailed. Uh, I am? Yeah, by name. Uh, is it the same ship from J-25 data? Uncertain, Commander. Uh, dimensions are the same, though. He says, yo, I'm Captain Jean-Luc. And they interrupt him. Jean-Luc, Enterprise, Commander. This is all the Borg. Uh, lower your shields and prepare uh, to transport yourself aboard our vessel. If you don't cooperate, you know, we're going to be not happy. And then Ricard raises his voice, uh, withdraw immediately, yo. Or and they say, you surrender yourself, Picard. We got you outmatched. And Picard says, hang up on him. He turns around to Worf. He says, hang up on him. And they say, what the heck? What are they doing? Uh, and then he goes back. He says, by the way, uh, we got new capabilities and uh, you better withdraw. And Jordy says, they're probing us, man. I'm trying to block it. Uh, but uh, and at first the block works. But Worf says, they're locking on to us with their tractor beam. So they go into full action mode. Shield status holding, working so far, but they can adapt, you know. And then things start to get rocky. Shield modulation failed, they've locked on. Shields are being drained. 90%, 80%. Uh, Got to recalibrate. Uh, darn it, Jordy says. Shields have failed. They say, fire everything you got at the Borg and nothing works. Uh, and then they say, new frequencies did not work. We try to go in reverse, full reverse. And uh, Jordy says, we're stuck. Uh, Ricard says, send more stuff their way. Try that phaser spread thing. Still not working. Uh, then the Borg sent a like laser to the thing, older how outer hull breach and uh, engineering, of course. Uh, Jordy does a total roll move out of engineering, which is pretty cool. He gets everybody out first. Uh, he's the last to go. Seals main engineering, 
then uh, they say you know fluctuate the things try don't give them time to adapt uh and that actually ends up working. Uh, Data takes out the tractor beam. And they see Bacard says, hit it, warp, warp 9, 151, 330, engage. Uh, and they do head towards the Borg and then peel off to the right. The Borg are pursuing. Bajorty comes up on the bridge, gets back to work. Uh, maintain course, uh, damage report. Uh, yeah, we got it. They busted the hall. Uh, it's not good. Uh, yeah, like 19 out, uh, repair. Let's get that repaired. Uh, and Jordy says, I can work on it now. Then we see, we'll see a pulse on Nebula. The character goes, okay, interesting. Drop to net who dropped to impulse. And he steps up to the front. He even says, uh, step aside. He goes, take us into that pulse on then. And they go into this, like, purple-blue nebula, which is pretty cool. Field's dense. Uh, Guard says, steady as she goes. Uh, cool clouds. Analysis of nebula clouds data. Dilithium hydroxyls, magnesium, chromium. Should be a good hideout place. Uh, our, our sensors can detect them, but they can't detect us for some reason. So they're in this cloud, really good effects or paint, you know, whatever it is. I don't know if it's a painting or what, but it really looks good. Uh, Enterprise does, oh, no, that was already. They're trying to find us. Ricard says, good, because while they're looking for us, they can't bother anybody else. So let's hide out for a while. Uh, Then they do, then they have to, they do a review of the battle. Then they say, okay. What worked and what didn't? Let's watch it in slow-mo. 2% drop in their power for an instant uh, system-wide uh, in the high band. Uh, data says maybe they're vulnerable to that. Uh, they said, well, we got to generate a burst of power in that same frequency. And I mean a lot, Jordy says. Uh, they say, how do we do that? Will says main deflector dish. Uh, it could do that, but uh, one slight downside. Uh, it would also uh, mess up the Enterprise. Uh, Will says, what if we could do it from a distance or something? Shelby says, maybe. But let's retune the fra- phasers uh, for the time being. And Will says, I'll take care. I'll talk to the captain. And Shelby says, maybe we should split the ship up. Uh, and Warwick says, too much of a risk. And she goes, well, I'd like to talk to the captain. And he goes, hi, talk to the captain. And he goes, that will be all. And he goes a little bit too far, I think, there. And uh, Shelby and Data walk off. Uh, and he says, Jordy, you got to work on that deflector. Going to take a day or two. Uh, and they say, well, she's a formidable presence, uh, but I'm convinced she can help us, uh, Jordy says. And Riker says, don't worry about it, okay. Uh, then Will rings to Riker's, or Picard's door. Shelby's already in there. Says, come on in, number one. Captain Commander Shelby was telling me of her your concerns about her plan. And he goes, sorry about that. I told her chain of command. And he goes, yeah, I agree. Uh, not the time to discuss that. Uh, but maybe it's an idea. We may be required to take greater risks down the road. So maybe fall back to that plan. 
And he goes, make the preparations. Now Riker's not happy at all. I mean, he hasn't been happy all this episode. They go into the pulsar lift, uh, and he gets to, like, uh, he says, halt. Uh, he goes, we have to have a conversation here. Uh, she goes, you never ordered me to not to tell the commander. He goes, disagree with me, fine. Uh, take it to the captain, fine. But through me, uh, he goes, you ain't run end around me, and I'll snap uh, snap things like a, a rubber band on a first-year cadet. She goes, can I speak frankly? You're in my way. He goes, really? Uh, that's tough. Uh, and she goes, you just play it safe. Uh, and I suppose that's why you're comfortable being in the shadow of a great man. And she goes, take me to decade. Uh, and he goes, well, says, when it comes to the ship and crew, you're darned right I play it safe. Uh, and then she says, if you can't make the big decisions, make room for someone who can. He kind of glares at her, but she walks off. Uh, and then we see, like, kind of zoom on, like, stressed out Will. Uh, and we're at, back in the dust cloud, uh, 43.3996.2, Borg, Borg in position, waiting for them. No explanation of their interest in me. Still working on it, special interest. Uh, uh, tonight, I'm like, uh, maybe our defense, no defense can be adequate against them. Speakers walk in the decks, uh, goes into nine forward or ten forward, whatever it is. And this is a great scene, too, because uh, Guinan's kicking back in the back, uh, wait, kind of waiting for him. Uh, she goes, can't sleep, buddy? And he goes, kind of. Uh, and But it's my tradition, patrolling the ship before the big day. And she goes, I thought that was a tradition with lost causes. Uh, and uh, if I remember it correctly, he goes, not all of them. Admiral Nelson or somebody, Trafalgar. And she goes, yeah, but what about Nelson? He big farmed it, right? Uh, and Picard goes, yeah, but the larger goal. Uh, she goes, well, what about the larger goal here? Picard goes, I, I don't know. Uh, it's conceit, but I think we could do it maybe healthy one and she he goes what about you know all these things fall you know romans uh lighthouse at alexandria he goes uh, they knew there was a time before the end of their thing just another page in history and he goes there's this it uh turn the page he starts singing that song uh she goes this isn't the end uh she starts singing that one uh he goes, you're pretty assured. Uh, she goes, I got experience. She goes, we had to, you know, deal with the Borg. Uh, we spread out and did our best. Uh, and uh, she goes, you'll get through it. Uh, as long as there's a handful of you to keep the spirit alive, you'll prevail, even if it takes a millennium. Picard isn't exactly comforted by that. Then the ship starts rocking. They call him back to the bridge. We actually see something that looks like an air doctor with his 3D chess on top or the 4D chess. Uh, and they get back. Uh, Guinan's face at the end is really good. There's like a three or four second shot, uh, her reaction. They go, we got some sort of meteorology going here. 
magnometric guided charges from the cloud, maybe. Uh, status of shields, 40%. Uh, he says, LaForge, you're going to have to take us out of the nebula. Engines are ready. Engage. Uh, adjust to shield harmonics. Uh, acknowledged. Uh, DAC-9 took a hit. Damage report. Uh, latching systems mess up. They go, get us out of here. Fire up the engines. Uh, half impulse, and then you get ready. Punch it to nine once we're out of the cloud, and get ready. Engage. They head out of the cloud. Borg pursues. Uh, tractor beams trying to lock on. Fire at will. You know, work on the rotating, you know, thing. They get the rocket and back and forth. Tractor beams locked on. Then a board comes on board. Total uh, thing. He does, he's got his, like, moving things. Uh, but Worf takes him out. No problem. Then another one appears. Uh, Worf tries to take that one out, but it's, like, uh, got a shield. So they've already adapted. Will goes up to it. It throws Will. Then uh, Worf jumps uh, the bridge, takes Worf out. And then they say, hey, Captain Picard, can you just come with us? Let me give you a little uh, hand-holding and fly back to the ship with us, which they do. Everyone transports off, uh, and then Riker and Worf wake up. Uh, Captain's gone. Worf does some things. Borg ship's disengaging, leaving at warp speed. Riker's, uh, he's got bad head. He says, maintain pursuits. It's flying, like 9.6. And they say, okay, we'll keep it going, man. Stay with them. They say, well, Brian, can you find the captain on that ship? Nope, some kind of interference. Uh, and they say, uh, they, like, okay, well, everybody, let's talk. Uh, direct course uh, sector, they're headed towards the Terran system. Sector 001 Earth. Uh, and there's a zoom on Riker. Then we see Picard on board the um, Borg ship. He's like walking with a couple Borg, uh, just getting a little tour poo and seeing, hey, every Borg's a little bit different, eh? And Picard just says, huh, interesting. Then he stands in front of like the Borg hall. They say, Jean Luc Picard, you lead the strongest ship in Federation. You speak for your people. He goes, no, I don't. Uh, I'm resisting you. And they say strength is irrelevant. Resistance is futile. We're improving ourselves uh, with your distinctiveness. Uh, and you're going to have to adapt. Uh, it goes, impossible. We believe in self-determination. And they say freedom is irrelevant. Determination is irrelevant. Uh, comply. Picard goes, we don't comply. We big farm. I think a big farm is irrelevant. Archaic culture is authority-driven. We're going to introduce you to our society. And you're going to be the human voice that speaks for us in all communications, just like S-I-R-I or A-L-E-X-A. Then we see Enterprise racing after the Borg ship. Uh, They're headed into our defenses. and we, but we won't be able to keep up for much longer. Uh, we got about three hours. We can keep up with them. Two hours, 40 seconds, 40 minutes and three seconds. Uh, deflector's almost ready. 
I'll get it done, Jordy says, uh, but we're going to have to slow him down to do it. And we won't be able to use the warp. Uh, and then Riker says, well, I'm going to go over there and get the captain back. Uh, Crusher, you he goes, you and Jordy work on it. Shelby, you're in charge of the ship. Uh, Data Wharf Doctor, you're with me. Shelby goes, well, I should go. And Picard goes, or Riker goes, that's my orders. And then Troy says, um, actually, no, it's inappropriate. Beverly's watching the whole time in the back. Uh, she goes, you're in command of the Enterprise. That's too risky. You're at places on the bridge, uh, Will, right, William Riker. So Riker gruffs it. Uh, he says, Commander Shelby, you'll lead the away team, I guess. Make it so. She goes, darn tootin'. So she heads off with the away team. Riker kind of sits in a grouch, just close up on him. And we get a first officer's log. Yeah, we're pursuing the Borg, uh, core of the Federation. This is not good. Uh, Worf is like, I got the phasers tuned up. Uh, so it's Worf data, uh, Beverly Crusher. And, uh, um, I keep wanting to say Pulaski, but Shelby. And they said, what are we going to expect? The data goes, well, it's different. They ignored us when we were there last time. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think they care about us. They don't consider us anything. Shelby goes, until we start interfering, then we'll see. They head out to energize out. Beverly puts her hands behind her back. I thought that was cool. Not the whole time, though. They get 58 minutes, uh... You got to slow them down somehow. No one's necessary risks. You got that? And then they say, okay, we're ready for transport. Uh, shall be out. Uh, they go into the Borg ship. They do some scanning. It's inconclusive. Uh, there's a lot of lights pulsing up and down. Um, cloud walking. And uh, we see a lot of the different Borg beings. Uh, they're kind of trying to find, like, uh, what they could do. And just getting the lay of the ship, uh, looking up at the lights, uh, walking tentatively. Uh, you got tricorders, they got beamers. Uh, a couple Borg walk by. They look at them. I mean, Beverly Crusher's like, what in the heck? Uh, she says, would you believe it? Oh, she goes, oh, wait a second. There's these nodes up on the ceiling. Uh, and they say, yeah, those are waveguide conduits. Uh, that's what allows them to work collectively and perform ship functions, not wireless. Uh, like if we could take some of these out. Uh, and then Crusher goes, what if we see this from the fur furry friend's point of view? And Data says, interesting metaphor. He goes, yeah, if you uh, have to, you've got some fur. You got to comb it. Uh, everyone says, what? And they say, to slow them down. Oh, okay. If they have to comb their fur, they'll have to slow down the ship. So they keep looking. They find more of the nodes that are distribution nodes, which are green, versus the other nodes, which are red. Then Worf finds the captain's communicator. They try to call him. He doesn't answer. The Worf says, I think I can locate it this way. And we go back to Rikers on the call with Hanson. They go, we got everybody at Wolf 359 podcast shout out right there. Check out Wolf 359 podcast. Uh, they say, yeah, 22 minutes, uh, bring them out of warp. Uh, 
We'll do what you know. Like uh, we'll do what we can before we disengage. What about Picard? No idea. Nothing. And then we go back to the ship. They're tracking it down, and they find a, this giant drawer. And the Worf says, "In here." And the only thing in the drawer is his shirt and uh, his uh, uh, communicator. Maybe his pants. I don't know. And then look, it's coming up right now. Let's see. Uh, maybe his pants are folded underneath it. No, just his shirt and uh, his communicator, they say. Oh, boy, Shelby to Enterprise. Uh, we found the uniform and the communicator. We're going to keep looking. Jordy and Will come up. We got it. Uh, uh, we're ready. Uh, and they go, we're going to have to clear out parts of the ship. This is really good teamwork. Troy says, I'll handle that. And uh, this is 17 minutes. Uh, get him out of warp uh, to the away team. Shall be out. She says, "Okay, let's get these rid of these nodes, uh, which are just like you know transmission hubs or something. They're, they're uh, pyramidical. Data takes a shot at it. it needs Worf's help, like kind of like Ghostbusters. It takes two of them. They take one out. Lights go out. They go back on." But uh, then some of the uh, Borg, then they take another one out. You know, the Borg have to leave their workstations to go work on it, I guess. Uh, so let's see, they took two out, so then three out. Very dramatic. Uh, the three, the ship has to go to impulse. They get ready. They start diverting the power to get us within 40,000 kilometers, match velocity, arm the sequences and stuff. Uh, Get ready, get your modulations. Then we're back on the Borg ship uh, and get a little action sequence. Data has to say goodbye to one Borg, uh, then another Borg. Worf goes, uh, then three, then four. Shelby says we're encountering resistance, five, six, seven Borg. And then they adjust to, to, to get the shields. So pretty long action sequence, and then we see after they take out the seventh one, oh, the, like the one has the shields. So they start approaching with shields. They say, "Okay, they're adapting. We're gonna have to get out of here." And Beverly sees Jean-Luc Picard's profile. He turns. Uh, Shelby gasps. Uh, Worf like has like a like a pet voice, like almost like he says, "Captain." Uh, oh, then, uh, then that's when um, Shelby gasps, and he turns it from profile. He's a little pale, but then he has like a like a laser eye pointer, Batman abs on, and a, a black turtleneck, uh, and like motorcycle gear. And Worf goes to talk to him, and he gets. Uh, he bumps into a shield, and then they say, "Get us off the ship!" Uh, and they 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 uh, they beam them back. They go to the bridge, uh, and they say, "The captain, we were unable to retrieve him. He's been altered by the Borg." Riker says, "Altered," and then Worf says, "He is a Borg." Uh, Shelby goes, "We can go back with more people. Uh, we'll get him out of there." Jordy goes, we're ready, and they're getting ready to start the ship again. 
they're restoring power. Uh, Riker has to say, he goes, is it ready? And they go, it's ready. And they go, but Picard's on the ship. Uh, we might be able to get back. He goes, this is our only chance. Uh, if they go back into warp, we can't do anything. And even Shelby's like, what about the captain? He goes, we don't have time. Prepare to fire. She goes, call Hanson. And he goes, belay that order. He goes, there's no time. And they go, sir, we're being held by the Borg. And he says, on screen. He says, on screen. He goes to the front, and who's there but Locutus of Borg, a.k.a. Picard. He walks a slow walk towards the camera with his abs, his turtleneck, and his laser pointer. Stiff, I'm Locutus of Borg. Uh, resistance is futile. And he goes, this is it. You're, you're toast. Uh, and uh, he goes, from this time forward, you're going to work for the Borg. And he even uses his later laser pointer, points his laser. There's like a series of great reactions. I mean, really good. Like first Worf, uh, then Troy. Before that, there was a couple other reaction shots. shots, shots uh, Riker, Shelby. Riker takes a breath. Uh, we see his steely eyes. He goes, Mr. Worf, you know, laser it up. Uh, and the episode comes to a close, but don't worry. Uh, I mean, we know, like, I mean, I'll just tell you, like, it's going to be fine. Uh, so uh, don't worry at all. Like, picture, I mean, plus, like, uh, Locutus is a, a cute little voice, you know, thing. So the, And then everybody took a little break and got cozy. Went. To, they had a sleepover in 10 Forward uh, where they had some, Simone, what are they called? Not Simone's. Uh, what are those things called that you make with the marshmallows and the samosas? And now, why, why can't I even think of those? You have them, <laughs> whatever those things are called that you have. I don't like them, so that's why I can't remember the name of them. I don't know. Why don't I like them? Because graham crackers are a little dry for me. I don't eat a lot of chocolate. Uh, so, uh, what are those called? Samosas? And they're not called samosas. S'mores, that's what they're called. Uh, so we'll be back soon with some more of this uh, two-parter. Good night.